I want to say this as an opening statement. Do you struggle to win the battle over the mind? Do you constantly fight negative feelings of worry, fear, lust, anger? Today, I want you to open up not just your hearts, not just your minds, not just your word, the, the word of God, but open up your spirit to receive what he is about to give to you right now. I feel so at liberty to preach today because I know this whole week, this whole season has been bathed in prayer. We have people throughout this whole week that have been praying specifically for this message, for this moment, for this hour. And to God be the glory. Even as I speak right now, there are men and women that are joining me in prayer right now. We have decided to spiritually tape off this whole property and say, God, your guardian angels, set them over us. Spirit of the living God, flow in this auditorium. Hover about, go through each aisle and minister to each person. Weave through and know what you need to do. We let you do it. And that's been the spirit all week. Beginning on Monday at five in the morning, there were men who said, I will pray for our church. Let's get together and let's storm the gates of hell. Because this is God's church. And by God's grace, we are men and women of the word of this church, and we will stand and we will fight the forces of hell. But the devil doesn't like it. And I already know that. I already know that he's at work, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And by the promises of God and not by vain, uh, vain think, uh, thoughts or vain words, but because of the living word of God, I know that greater is he that is in me. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 6, follow along with me in the reading of this passage. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Today, there are strongholds in the church. Today, there are strongholds in the lives of many Christians. Stronghold has the connotation of a territory. It's a battle terminology. It is a war terminology. When you go into battle, you try to win certain battles so that you can win the war. So just because you've won a battle does not mean that you have won a war. Satan today is battling for the souls of men and women. He is battling today with men who are addicted to pornography. He is battling today with that of addictions. He is battling today with people who have anxieties and fear and they just feel so cast down and they're dealing with so much in their life. They feel so, sh so shackled by the heavy burdens of sin. But today, God wants to set you free. 
Today, God wants to not just set you free. He wants to remind you according to the book of John, whom the Son sets free. He is free. Say it with me. Indeed. Today, you are not just free. Today, you are free indeed. Oh, but that wicked one, that smutty-faced devil, that liar, that deceiver, you call him out for all of his names because those are all his tactics. Today, no longer. Today, we go to the word. Today, in the spirit of Jesus Christ, we are going to be set free. Casting down imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing every thought into captivity. The word captivity has to deal with a spear point, has to do with the tip point. This is a Gurkha knife used by the Napoli soldiers. They are renowned in their uh, paramilitary workings with other nations. The Brits used them during the uh, World War. The Australians used them. The Indians used them. They are used in Singapore. They're renowned. These, this is a Gurkha knife. I got this when I went to Nepal and they produced presented this knife and said, pastor, while you may not be the size of a Gurkha, and I say, hold on, wait, what are you trying to say? But you are a man of God, and this is your spiritual weapon. So we present this to you because you are a warrior, a soldier of Jesus Christ. The word, hallelujah. It says, bringing every thought into captivity. The word captivity refers to spear point. I'm bringing it into spear point. I'm, I'm taking you captive. I'm taking you to, to spear point. And so whenever those wicked thoughts enter our minds and whenever lustful thoughts enter into our minds, whenever wicked thoughts in general or negative thoughts come into our mind, I am taking that. I am now taking it captive and I'm going to cast it down because it is now into the obedience of Christ. The word obedience is the Greek word for this, hippokeo. And it literally means into subjection by ear, by listening. So I've got to tell whatever wicked thought, whatever wicked imagination, whatever, uh, whatever negative thought and feeling, I've got to verbally put it into submission to the obedience of Christ. Hippokoe. That's why it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And now you are humbling yourself and you are taking that thought and you are now taking it captive and you say, that does not belong in this body, in this thought, in this mind, in this being, because I've got to keep myself pure. Let no vain or wicked imaginations. The Bible says, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, think on these things. So if it's wicked, I'm going to take it and I'm going to cast it down. Take that, apply that also to 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast your cares upon God for he cares for you. That's not just your burdens, but that's your any care. God, I care about this and this is not of you. So I cast it right back at your feet. Same application. Same application. Sometimes we just think of God as a, as a genie. Oh God, I, I cast this to you. Help me with this and give me this. No, you can use it in other ways as well. Father, this is not of you, so I cast my cares. I cast my thoughts. I give it over to you and I put it into subjection, into the obedience of not me, 
not you, into the obedience of Christ. That's key. That's vital. Satan in Genesis 3 took mankind captive. He took us captive with a lie. Genesis 3, he told Adam and Eve, did God say? And today he's still using the same tactics, manipulating your mind and heart. You know, if you go to church, they're just going to judge you. Welcome to the world that we're living in. If you go to McDonald's or Starbucks, they're also going to judge you. (laughs) What makes the church any different is that we The judgment doesn't come from us and it shouldn't come from each other. But the judgment, we are aligned to the living word of God. This should be a place where always in our life group, we tease each other and we'll say, this is a judgment-free zone. Whatever happens in this life group stays in this life group because we want to be able to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Confess your faults one to another. Restore one another. Love one another. Comfort one another. The one another's of Christ. I grew up in California. And in California, there was a new ride that came to Disneyland 20 plus years ago, 25 years ago. And it was a virtual ride. The virtual ride, you would be allowed to enter into a a medium-sized room of maybe 200 people and you would go in and you would basically, the whole wall would just be a screen and there would be rows and on those rolls, uh, rolls, all you had to do was grab onto the bar. Nothing else, Mr. Lambert. Can you imagine this? This is the first time virtual reality and all that was stored in, uh, was brought forth and we had to walk into this big room and we had to hold onto a bar. And it was going to be a roller coaster ride. Well, forget building mega million dollar roller coasters. They just went old school and just let you visibly see it. So we went into this room and we grabbed a hold of our, the bar and we told each other we knew what was coming about. And so all of our friends that went together and said, dude, this can't get me. I'm smarter than that. I'm going to stand there and I'm not going to move and I'm going to be watching you because I'm going to see if you're going to move or not. So it was a challenge. It was a dare. And so here we were, cool teenage boys. We grabbed onto that bar and all of a sudden the movie screen came on right before us. It was almost like a surround and the music was playing and we grabbed onto that bar. And if you've ever ridden on a roller coaster ride and they they start you off real slow because that anticipation is building. And so I think they make those loud ticks on purpose just to mess with your psyche. Tick, 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 tick. And they slow down a little bit as it ticks, right? It's all in your psyche. Tick, tick. And you're right up there, Josh, you're anticipating something now. It's like, oh man, you know what's coming. You know what's coming next. And all of a sudden they pause. A little anticipation. And so you're holding on to that bar and it's a little anticipation. And all of a sudden you are now going down really super fast. But you got to remember the floor is solid. (laughs) 
All it's doing is it's on the screen. And here was me as a teenage boy. In my mind, I said, I will not move. I will not move. I will not move. I will not move. And I was frightened. How in the world did it affect me? Because what was going into my eye gates was now affecting my whole being. You say it's not important to take every thought captive? It absolutely is. And Satan knows that he, if he can visually impair you, if he can audibly impair you, if he can work on your physical senses, he knows that he can get into that brain, that mind of yours, that thought life. No wonder it's such a battle. Ephesians 6 verse 10 through 18 says, finally, my brothers, and I'll say sisters as well. Finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Many of you have been fighting this warfare in your own might. And you wonder why you're exhausted. You wonder why you're fatigued. Because you wake up every day and you say, well, carpe diem, I'm going to seize the day. Some of you even wake up in the evening and say, Carpa PM. <laughs> that was a dad joke right there. <laughs> Listen, you're fighting it in your own flesh. Oh, you think you have willpower. My brother, my sister, willpower won't get you there. In the power of Jesus Christ, by his might. I can do all things, say the next three words with me, through Christ, which strengthens me. You've been doing it all on your own, all in your flesh. You've been trying really hard. Mind over matter, willpower. None of those things are going to get you to get to where you need to be. Put on the whole armor of God. Everyone say whole armor. We have a lot of Christians today who only have on with them the sword. If you have your, the word of God with you today, would you hold it up? Look at this. Look at this. Woo! Hallelujah. Yeah. You got the sword of the spirit. But hold on. Where's your helmet? Where's your shield of faith? Where's your breastplate of righteousness? Where are your, where's the belt that's holding up truth? Where's your feet that's shod with the preparation of the gospel? Where is all of that? We have some Christians who have the helmet of salvation. I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. Well, praise the Lord. But that's all you've got. Just the knowledge of your salvation, the experience of your salvation. But where's your sword? Where's your shield? Apply that to, uh, some of you may have on two different parts of the armor or three parts of the armor. But the Bible, if you have it in your Bible, circle the word whole armor. If you do not have on the whole armor, Satan knows that you're vulnerable. I hope you caught that. Because a lot of churches today, men and women, don't have a, the whole armor of God. And they wonder why they've been so spiritually wounded, emotionally wounded, physically drained. Well, it talks about the whole armor of God. Hold on. You got to put on. Put on. Look at your neighbor and say, put on. What does put on? The Bible says to put on the mind of Christ. 
put on the mind of Christ. Now it says, put on the whole armor of God. Your thoughts that you have been battling, you've been trying to do it in your own power and you've not done it through the spirit of Christ. Put on the mind of Christ. The Israelites were captive to the Egyptians for a couple hundred years. And so finally they were set free. And as they were being set free, Moses came over to them by the spirit of the living God and by the authority of God who had given them a promise and set them free. Moses stood up before the Pharaoh. Pharaoh is also known metaphorically, he's referred to as Satan, if you will. In this context, the people of uh, the country of Egypt was a representation of the world. Does that make sense? So there's, a, there's an uh, analogy there for you to understand in the spiritual realm. So here was Moses says, let my people go. And Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go. How many plagues did he send to them? Ten. How many commandments do we have? Ten. Numbers in the Bible teach us some things. And if there's certain patterns all throughout scripture, 10 is that of judgment. He was being judged. And every single judgment, there was an opportunity to repent. Change your mind. Salvation story was being weaved at every single portion of the, of the scriptures. So he wouldn't repent. The Bible says he hardened his heart. Pharaoh Moses came, finally, the 10th commandment, his oldest son dies. Firstborn of the land dies. Finally, he had enough. All right, I'll let your people go. Joe, go, just be gone. Take, every, take all your stuff. Go, 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 go. And now they're starting to go. And as they were now leaving to go towards the promised land, led by Moses, wouldn't you know who changed their mind? Because that's what Satan always does. You may be set free, but in your mind, you've been in bondage for so long that you're wondering, did I do the right thing? Should I have gone? Some of them even repeated. It was even better in Egypt than it is right now. He manipulates your mind. And all of a sudden, as he is, as now they're halfway, a couple of kilometers away, you can hear the soldiers coming, marching. You can hear the races and the, ch the chariots and the horses racing towards the children of Israel. And they heard the sounds. They heard the, the battlefield coming, charging over to them. Because now Pharaoh was saying, you are not a son or daughter of God. You are still a slave. And he's still saying that to you and I today. Even though you've been set free in your mind, you've been in bondage for so long that you have heard the intimidations of the roaring lion who has no teeth and he's coming about you seeking whom he may devour and he's coming at you. But greater is he and the voice that lives inside of us who says, you're no longer a slave. You're a son. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. Oh, but pastor, I, I, hear the, I hear the soldiers. I hear them crying. I hear them shouting. I hear the horses. I hear the chariots. What if they, ca uh, what if they catch me? Whom the son has set free, has been free. Say it with me. Indeed. I want to give you a couple of points to help you as we continue in this message. Number one, the mind is, 
is the main battlefield between good and evil. We don't walk in the flesh. We don't war in the flesh for our weapons are not spiritual are not carnal. They're spiritual, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down these imaginations. Write this down. Any thought you don't take captive will take you captive. Any thought you have not taken captive already has you captive. Let that marinate for a little bit. Bondage is a house of thoughts. The problem is not your substance abuse or your alcohol abuse or your pornography abuse. It's the way that you think about that problem. Oh, I I just got to, I have to. And then it works into your, your body chemistry where there is now an addiction. The word captive, I remind you, is a spear point. Put it into the obedience of Christ. You change your thoughts and you can change your life. As you put it into subjection into the obedience of Christ. I want you to write these words down. They will apply to your business. They will apply to your social life. They will apply to your Christian living. I want you to write these words down. And I want you to put an arrow. Put one word and then an arrow to the next word. An arrow to the next word. Write these words down. Thoughts. If I can change your thoughts, I can change your behavior. If I can manipulate your thoughts, I can change your behavior. A psychologist said. I'm going to go back to these. Number one, thoughts. Number two, words. Words. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's Bible. As a man thinks in his, thinks, so is he. Words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Thoughts, words. Number three, actions. Have you ever heard someone say, are you going to say, are you going to do what you said? It doesn't mean anything if you just say it. Put it into action. Thoughts, words, actions is based on your character. Number four, your character produces a habit. What's your habit? Number five, your destiny. That is your final outcome. Apply it to any area of life. Now we're going to work backwards. What is your desired outcome in the Christian life? Do you want to live a pure and holy life for God? Do you want your business destination, destiny to be successful? Do you want your leadership skills to be successful? Do you want your work environment to be successful? Do you want your school life to be successful and your social life? All that, whatever that is, your destiny, your destination. This is just an application. How's your habit? Because if you have bad habits, it ain't going to get you anywhere. Let me talk then about your character because your character is what produces your habit. 
repetition. How repetitious do you do that? It becomes your habit, destiny, habit, character. Character, what are you doing about it? If you're not doing anything about it, your character is already weak. How are your words? If you're always negative and the people around you, you always speak negative, they speak negative, it just doesn't work. It's toxic. The relationships are toxic. And your thoughts. You put this into practice and it will help you beginning today. Jesus has already disarmed the enemy. Now we have, all we have to do is take him captive. The strongholds, the arguments are those areas of our lives that the devil has introduced thoughts to us that are not consistent with the truth of God's word. The Bible says about Jesus Christ, Jesus says it about himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Same application. If you want to be spiritually renewed, you can only do that through Jesus Christ. The mind is a battlefield. You cannot solve. Write this down because this will help you. You cannot solve a spiritual problem with your flesh. You are fighting the enemy with the wrong weapon. Go ahead. Take out that physical sword, that bow and arrow, that gun, whatever you want to fight with, and try to fight Satan in the flesh. It's not going to work. Today, we have a lot of people. I liken it this way, Eric. Ever see someone at the gym? They go to the gym, which is not the same thing as working out. (laughs) They go to the gym and they got their ear pods on. They've got their workout hat. They've got their workout shirt. They've got their workout shorts. And man, do they look good going to the gym. Bro, leg day. They go to the gym and then you're watching like, man, it's been an hour and every five minutes, it's like selfie time, hashtag workout, hashtag muscles, hashtag I got this, hashtag you ain't nothing, faking it till you make it. We have a lot of Christians doing the same thing with church. I got to put my workout clothes on. What? Oh, player. I'm looking good today. Got my Bible. I've actually been working on my smile too. It's my seat. Hashtag pathway people. It's the same as people who go to the gym and don't work out. You got to come in here and you got to do your spiritual workout, sister. You got to do your spiritual workout, brother. Some people only work out once a week. And they wonder why they're so spiritually weak. Seven days without prayer makes one week. Oh, snap. 
can't just work out on Sunday. How are you doing? Where's the rest of the week? But you see those Christians who are spiritually mature, who are spiritually strong, ready for the warfare, stack them up. Ken, can I borrow a couple Bibles right there? Can you just grab a couple and I'll come to you. I know you can't leave your, your post. Oh, he thinks I'm weak. I got more than that. <laughs> Watch this now. Some people don't even lift weights at all. Spiritual workout. You might even turn it into a dance. <laughs> Working it out. Some people which I'm great that you're maturing in the faith. That's wonderful. Sincere milk of the word. You're adding to your faith. The Bible says add to your faith. You guys know that verse? Here you go. Give me 10 pounds. I got this. Now I'm working out my spiritual muscle. Yeah, work it. You got this. Bring on another 10. Sweet. Got this too. My voice gets deeper the more that I push. <laughs> I got this. Spiritual workout. Oh, yeah. Come on, boy. I got this. Come on. Now, I'm not talking about just grabbing Bibles. That's not a spiritual workout. That was just an illustration. Add to your faith. Work out your faith. If you're not working it out, you're spiritually weak. No wonder you're vulnerable to spiritual attacks. Of the devil who's roaming about seeking. Let me look for some weak Christians. It's necessary that we work out. Pardon me. I do not want to put these on the floor. So thank you. That's the holy word of God. Amen. Number two. Understand the word of God is a spiritual weapon. Understand the word of God is a spiritual weapon. Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 17, to be strong, be strong in the Lord, not in the power of your might. And then it says to put on the whole armor of God. I want you to pay careful attention right here. First of all, it says to put on the belt of truth. Wrap your loins with the belt of truth. I know we're in a mixed crowd, but this is the area of reproduction for both men and women. Right? You can go ahead and nod your head. All right, you reproduce in context. I'm giving you application, so please understand me. There's a different doctrinal context to this verse. I'm giving you an application of this verse. Wrap your loins, gird it about with truth. You've got to protect this area because you've reproduced truth. So the devil doesn't want you to reproduce that truth. So you've got to guard that area. But you've been living that area in deceit and lust and lies. Not girded about with truth. Do you know what Adam and Eve covered up first? Truth. They didn't know that until deceit and lie came into the world. Sin exposed them to that, and now they had to hide. But see, this is a very vulnerable area. Men, we've got to protect that area. 
How are you doing? Do you let that area dictate your life? That you have fallen and given to your own lusts and your own desires? Recognize the truth. Proverbs says, buy the truth and sell it not. Don't sell out to the lies. That one click is okay. That two clicks is okay. Well, at least it's not a habit. Remember, a thought, a word becomes an action, which then becomes your character, which produces your habit, which now is your destiny. Guard it. Guard it. Buy the truth, sell it not. Secondly, the breastplate of righteousness. You know why? Second one is breastplate of righteousness because it protects your heart. Has your heart ever deceived you? Telling you, well, at least you're not bad as her. You're not bad as him. At least you're not living in it. At least you're not that bad. Your heart will deceive you. Guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. Guard your heart. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Remember, we circled the word whole armor. Don't just put on one. Whole, 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 whole armor. Number three, shoes with the preparation of the gospel. Ever heard someone, a fighter will say, man, I'm going to get him right at his knees. Muay Thai kickboxing, they'll snap that knee right there. They will kick at that knee constantly. They want to break down your leg because the weaker your legs are, you can't stand to fight. Because the truth is, if I can get you down, I got you. So if in Muay Thai kickboxing, they hold up and they, they, they practice kicking banana trees and then coconut trees and they just make their bones hard. But the Bible tells us that we need to cover our feet. I've gone walking in third world countries and I always tell my boys, uh-uh, don't you walk around without shoes if you're in certain countries because there's diseases. You see, we have less of those sanitary diseases because here in America because we wear shoes. Shoes guard you. They protect you from the deceit, from the lust, from, so to, the Bible says to go. You see, if you're in a toxic place, you don't want to go. Shoes. Next, the helmet of salvation. What is the helmet of salvation? Protecting your mind. The doctrinal application there is to know your salvation. But the life application I'm trying to teach at the moment is protect your mind. Don't just have all this other stuff and not protect your head. Helmet of salvation. Next, shield of faith. Can you imagine if I just stood, well, at least I got my armor on. Go ahead. Try me. And I just stood just like that. Or I went into battle. No shield. 
So every single time they swing at me, it hits me and it wears me down. But you see, when I'm holding up the shield of faith, no weapon formed against me because I've shielded that in the name of Jesus by faith. I'm going quickly. Number next, the sword of the spirit as an example. The sword of the spirit is referring to the Bible. The Bible is nuclear. Man, this thing is nuclear. This is not just the uh, words on a page. This is the living word of God. This is nuclear. Satan can't stand it. It will demolish him. Satan comes to Jesus three different times. Lie, 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 lie. Pull out the sword of the spirit. Here it comes. This is truthbomb.com. Bam. Satan is dispelled. Resist the devil and he will flee. Many of you aren't resisting the devil. You got to resist him with the word of God. No, Satan. I do not believe that lie. The word of God says that I am a child of God. Therefore, no more condemnation. I am the son of the living God. You read other books, but this is the only book that reads you. It knows you. So go ahead and get off of Facebook and get into this book. That might help you. A little cleansing. Psalm 107.20, write that verse down. Psalm 107.20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them. There are people in this room that need deliverance today, that needs to be healed today, his word. If your mind is a battlefield as of late, today you need cleansing. You need healing. Today, you are going to say, God, I'm not just going to think about it. I'm not just going to say it, but I'm going to put it to action. Here, that's why we have altars. Altars are so beautiful because it goes from your thoughts into, all right, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out by faith. And then I'm going to take action. I'm going to, the altars were always a symbol of submission. That's one of the symbols. It's a place of submission. I'm not going to worship any other gods before me. I'm going to worship the true and living God. This is the altar of sacrifice, the altar of praise. That's why it's so beautiful when we see brothers and sisters walk forward to make decisions for Christ. We celebrate that. It's not, I wonder what's going on. No, that's the devil. He tries to put pride in our hearts. He tries to cause shame. Ha, I knew it. No, no. No condemnation. We are in a place where we can be humble before God. He that humbles himself before God, God lifts up. But he that lifts himself up, God resists the proud. The next, number three, and I'll be done. Number three, understand biblical meditation is part of spiritual warfare. Understand that biblical meditation is part of spiritual warfare. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path or the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he 
meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And his, his tree, his, his leaf um, will, will, let me say it right. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf doesn't wither whatsoever he does shall prosper. Read what you need. I want to encourage you, read what you need. You ever gone to a, the doctor? He prescribes you a medicine. You don't take it. And you wonder why you're still not feeling better. I don't want to take that because like, it doesn't taste like bubble gum. <laughs> it's a little hard on my stomach and, you know, gives me the jogs. <laughs> I, I don't want that. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that to a pharmacist. You would take what you need. Go to the word of God for what you need. Because contained in this book is the words of truth and life and healing for your spiritual soul. The word meditate is synonymous for ruminate or like a cow chewing. Just chew on it. Romans 8.1, you probably need to say it to yourself. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Four times in this passage, God tells us to go to the word. In these words, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, in these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them to your to, uh, diligently to your children and you shall well, talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you'll bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets in your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we, we choose God. We choose God. We choose the mind of Christ. Write these four ways you can do that practically. When you get up in the morning. Number two, when you're sitting around the house, idle time. The application is when you're idle. Number three, when you're traveling. Again, this is idle time. Number four, when you're lying down in bed. At night, before you sleep, meditate on the word of God. God's thoughts are more powerful than the devil's thoughts. The word of God can defeat the devil anytime, every time. Biblical meditation means you have preloaded your spirit with scripture. Biblical meditation is preloading your spirit with scripture. You know why Jesus was so quick to Satan all three times? He quoted scripture. Because he didn't just have a gun that was empty. It was loaded with the word of God. Back off. You and I, we are the gatekeepers of our mind. The devil doesn't get to decide what we think about. God doesn't force his thoughts on us. We decide what we are going to think about. This is a battlefield of the mind. The word of God is the weapon and biblical meditation is part of that process. Let's all stand to our feet, shall we? We're going to sing a song. It may be a new song for some of you. As, our, as we all stand to our feet, 
May I ask you for just a moment to bow your heads and close your eyes. Today, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today is the day of your salvation. We want you to to stand up. We want you to raise your hand. We want you to come forward, whatever God is leading you to do. Somebody today needs Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Secondly, let me speak to Christians now. This is a battle, and you've got to take action. The song is called Breaking, Break Every Chain because today you need to be set free from the bondage that holds you, from the negative thoughts that have you at spear point. And today you need to be set free from all of that. All the toxicity, all the junk. There's only one name that sets you free and that's the name of Jesus. Today we have, are introducing a series for men and women to join us. There's no shame. Only love and grace. There's power in the name of Jesus. And we're going to sing that song together and meditate. And here's what I want. I'll be standing right here and I'm praying by God's grace. God, please don't let me be the only man that stands right here. Lord, there's an army. There's a soldier. There's soldiers that are going to be brothers and sisters. And we are going to stand for the people of Pathway. We are going to stand for our church and we are not going to let Satan win. No brother or sister left behind. And I'm praying that I'll have some men or women join me and just surround this whole entire auditorium. I don't want you necessarily to stand up front with me. I just want you to surround the walls of this church as a declaration to God Almighty and say, God, by your grace we stand next to our brother and sister for the battlefield of our soul, for the battle of our mind, for the battle of this church. And Satan cannot win because greater is he. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against Pathway Church because you are the head of this church. Y'all sing this song. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, what a beautiful name that is. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, what a beautiful sight already. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, look at this, God's people. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah, look, chains are breaking. Chains are breaking. Oh, chains are breaking in the name of Jesus. There is power. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. No greater name under heaven whereby we must be saved. All the way around the auditorium. Let's line up. All around the auditorium. Break every chain. Break every chain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. And joining us we thank you this is an army rising heaven's gates right here oh swing it wide swing it wide there's power in the name of jesus hallelujah there is power sing it with me church there's power in the name of jesus to break every chain there is power oh hallelujah 
This week we received news. We were praying for one of our church members. She had cancer. In the name of Jesus, we went. She asked for prayer and anointing. We went over to anoint her. She's part of a life group. We anointed her. She had her procedure. And this week, by God's grace and God's healing in her life, she's cancer free. There are other chains that are being broken loose right now. Men, if you want the chain of lust, 
and pornography and sex, you want to break that chain, join us as part of the Conquer series of men. Ladies, encourage your husband. Encourage your boyfriends. You can be set free. No shame. Not at the foot of the cross. We lay it down. If you need prayer today, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, we're going to pray and dismiss. But if you need prayer today for some chain that has bound you for however long, like the maniac of Gadara, he was bound and fettered with chains. But in the name of Jesus, as he was introduced to Jesus, all of those chains broke loose. Today, spiritually break loose. Depression, discouragement, dismay, distraught, despair. Whatever it is that's ailing your spirit and your soul, break those chains in the name of Jesus. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you need prayer in the name of Jesus, would you raise your hand? And I want to join you in praying for you. There it is, all over the auditorium. Just lift it up. Put it up forth. We're going to pray together. Hands mighty, hands strong. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see all those that need extra prayer. God, we all need prayer. We need you. But Lord, today... We declare in the name of Jesus, by the word of God, that you are still alive and you reign in our hearts. And God, Satan doesn't have a stronghold in our life because you reside. You are the king of our life. So we give it over to you. Forgive us where we've fallen short and we give our territory, our stronghold back to you, God. And Lord, help us not to be conquerors. The Bible tells us we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So today I pray that you would restore, that you would heal, that you would bless your people. And Lord, we as a church can stand strong and mighty. And Lord, I pray that we would be linked arm in arm with our brothers and sisters. Thank you for the move of God today. We pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. God bless you.